Michigan. Good to have you on board. Hour number three of the Bill Michael Show. Here we are saying hi to everybody on WOSQ in Marshfield, our friends in Rice Lake. You know what uh, 2023 means? The Rice Lake Celebrity Golf Classic. Already starting to think about summer. Menominee Marinette, our friends at WMAM up there in Bay City's Radio. Good to have them on board. I haven't been back. We haven't been back up to that affiliate in a long time. We got to get back up there. Haven't been there in a while. Our friends out in Madison, our flagship station, The Zone, W-O-Z-N, The Mighty Zone, 1670 AM, 96.7 FM. On the dial out there, our friends in Eau Claire, Sports Talk 105.1. Congratulations and welcome to everybody on the network, uh, the Big 920 out of Milwaukee, our friends down in Platteville, Herb Cody and the gang, WPVL. Love our affiliates. Good stuff. 877-867-1670-877-867-1670. This one is from our buddy, uh, our buddy Dwayne says, I would love to hear what Paul Allen has to say about the game. He was pretty adamant that uh, if 23 went up against Jefferson, that Jefferson would destroy him. Oh, well, any sound bites uh, on this would be awesome. Um. Thomas says, sports are rigged, 100% obvious. Thomas, you're a moron. Um, Ryan says, is anybody really afraid of this team? Offense isn't uh, humming and 12 isn't playing great. Not sure what uh, if all of a sudden what would click. Uh, he hasn't had over 255 yards but once or 300 yards since week 12 last year. No, but they're running the ball. Absolutely. A team that has a string of wins that's starting to figure it out. Okay, let me ask you this, Ryan. Do you fear Detroit? Detroit's beatable, yes. But they're not the same old Detroit. They're not the team that everybody thought of a couple of weeks ago or a a couple of months ago. That They'd be dead and gone. They're on a roll. Would you fear the Packers? What do the Packers do well? Well... You know, the argument was, well, they hadn't beaten anybody. Well, now they've beaten Miami and Minnesota in back-to-back weeks. What excuses are going people are people going to make for them? The only team that I said that probably has a legit, tenacious team would be the 49ers with that defense. And the only reason I would, as a Packers fan, fear the, def- fear the 49ers is because the Packers haven't been able to consistently beat them going all the way back to when Harbaugh was on the other sideline and Kaepernick was running all over him at Lambeau Field. I go back to the year that Mostert ran all over him. And a couple of years ago, and they've it, even last year, they that Shanahan has kind of had for, I think Matt LaFleur's beaten the 49ers once. But Shanahan's gotten the better of him when it comes to the postseason. So, absolutely, I'd fear the 49ers. But beyond that, you know, I think the Eagles are probably the most well-rounded team. It's just the fact that the Eagles, they keep getting banged up. Ben, how many injuries did they get again this weekend? Was it two or three? There was one more this weekend, significant, uh, from one of their top-edge guys. Uh, But a, a lot of it was fallout from the Dallas game. Right. But... Uh, now, you you know, obviously, you know, they go as Jalen Hurts goes. So you want to see how good he is when he comes back. They've been holding him back because they don't want him. You know, there's no reason to. You want It's all about winning in the postseason now for the Eagles. But, 
you know, I still think they're probably one of the most well-rounded teams there is. Quarterback play, uh, you know, specialty play, obviously defense. They have probably the most well-rounded team in the NFC. The best defense in the NFC is the 49ers. The best offense in the NFC? (sighs) Probably have to say the Eagles. Wouldn't you think so? The best offense in the NFC when you you know when you look at yards per game and such, uh, well, other than the Lions because the Lions put up the most yardage and and points per game average, but San Francisco's no slouch. Remember what what does San Francisco have in yards per game? San Francisco's fifth, fifth in yards per game, right behind Detroit. Fifth in yards per game. And San Francisco in points per game is seventh. Seventh in yards per game, or in points per game. San Francisco. Their defense gets all the credit, but their offense is good. Minnesota points per game is right behind them, like I had mentioned. But in total yards per game, yeah. San Francisco is a team to be dealt with. Philadelphia is better than them. Philadelphia averages almost 400 yards a game, 392. 392 and 28.4 points per game. They're third best when it comes to points per game, offensively speaking. I mean, Dallas is number two, believe it or not. But I think if you look at the most well-rounded team, you'd probably say Philadelphia. Philadelphia, best defense, and probably the second level on that would be San Francisco. And then after that, it's kind of like who, who does what well. So are there teams that I'm when I say teams would fear the Packers because they're rolling right now. And your fear is, is that they've been winning games and they're not even clicking on offense. You know, they're not even clicking on offense right now. You just keep waiting for that game that Aaron Rodgers shows up to be Aaron Rodgers. 877-867-1670. Find us, 877-867-1670. Uh, and you can uh, call us there. Uh, let's see here. This one is from Sue. Said, uh, I was listening to your program above uh, in Green Bay. Uh, it went, well, Sue, here's the reason. Because we go from uh, the FM to the AM over there on the fan in uh, in Green Bay. WDUZ, just an FYI. Uh, she also says, need to know your thoughts on the Packers during the coming week. I, I think you you, you got to rattle Goff because Jared Goff doesn't throw a lot of, he doesn't throw a lot of mistakes. He doesn't give you a lot. So that's first and foremost. Um, secondly, when, you know, defensively speaking, um, they do a lot. They do a lot of little things well. They they can, they can obviously their wideouts are good. They'll run the ball when they need to. This is just a real this this that's a great question because this group of Detroit Lions carry kind of the the mantra, if you will, of their their leader Dan Campbell. They're just a tough, gritty group. Just a tough, gritty group. Um, and, and when you talk about guys that have thrown a lot of picks this season and guys that haven't, um, you look, Jared Goff's only thrown the ball up seven times. 
Seven picks on the season. That's it. Seven picks on the season. Jared Goff, by the way, sixth in the NFL in passing yards, 4,214. Jared Goff's having a hell of a season. Nobody's really realizing it. He's number seven overall rank in football right now. And you know where he's at? He's right behind Joe Burrow, and he's ahead of Josh Allen. He's got a 100.1 quarterback rating. Joe Burrow, 102.3. Josh Allen, 96.1. Now think of it. Now Josh Allen's thrown 32 touchdown passes, three more than Jared Goff, but he's also thrown 13 picks, six more than Goff. Goff's been sacked 22 times. Jared Allen, 31. Joe Burrow, 39. Geno Smith, 43. All guys that are right around him. One of the least sacked quarterbacks in the National Football League. Two is the only guy that's been sacked less, and that's because he hasn't played nearly as many games. Jared Goss played 16. Two has only played 13. So, I mean, you look at the numbers that he's putting up. Jared Goff's having a hell of a season, and nobody's giving this guy credit for it. Nobody is. You look at his completion percentage. Jared Goff has is, 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 is played extremely well, and he's 18th. In completion percentage, 64.9. But he, he's not working with the same weaponry that a lot of the other guys are. St. Brown has become somewhat of a stud. There's no doubt about that. But he loses Hawkinson midseason to the Vikings. And you thought, okay, the Lions are cashing it in. And instead, they got better. They got better. So Jared Goff's no slouch. Jared Goff has no slouch. hit us up again 877-867-1670 would love to chat with you um uh this this is from mike and mike says uh don't worry no fear of the lions coming to lambeau field they just simply can't win here when was the last time the lions won at lambeau field i I will get uh, i'll get the intern on it (laughs) that'd be great if we had one um Boy, that's a good question. I don't think it was last year. I think the Packers, because the Packers split with them last year. 2018. 2018? 31 to nothing? Does that sound familiar? Yeah, that does. Was that a game, 2018, was that a game where the Packers didn't? 1230, so the last week of the season. Yeah, I was going to say the Packers didn't really need to. To, to win. But that was McCarthy that was when McCarthy was gone. Yeah. Did they didn't they win last year? Did they win last year? No. They no, didn't win last year at Lambeau Field. It was week two after the disaster in Jacksonville and the Lions right. were up like ten at halftime and then the Packers went crazy okay. in the second half. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Find us. Uh, this is uh, from Thomas, who says, A Happy New Year was uh, jo- Josh Nyman not performing well at right tackle. We spotted Zach in his spot. I did see Josh out, Josh out there on field goal, goal attempts. What do you know? Um, Josh Nyman was coming back from injury, just wasn't playing well. Just didn't look right. Uh, so they put uh, Zach Tom in. So, yes, what you spotted was absolutely correct. So they made that, they made that uh, distinction early on in the ballgame, but remember, Yash Naimo was coming back from injury. So, uh, this is from Tam. Tam says, uh, I think the Lions are going to come in with a head of steam. This is the playoffs. They know it. This is going to be a Detroit Lions team unlike anything we've ever seen. Uh, probably. 
Not in a long time. I'll agree with that. We're more used to the Lions coming in trying to salvage a season and not go 0-16 than uh, a Lions team coming in fighting for a playoff spot. But, we, you know, we said it at the beginning of the season. I thought the Lions were going to be right around 500. I said six, seven, eight wins, something like that. It's probably realistic. You know, and damn, that's where they're at. That's where they're at. Uh, this is our buddy. Who is this? Uh, this is the hoser. Says, hey, Bill, Packers have been winning uh, the turnover battle, and it's one of the biggest factors in the last couple of wins. Do you think it's sustainable? I'm not sure if they can win without getting turnovers, especially with a quarterback throwing for only 170 yards and a touchdown. That's John listening to us in Howard. Um, I will say that if they don't get a turnover, it does bother me. Because, you know, you're right. Because you look at the turnovers, they had uh, a couple of turnovers against the Bears, the turnovers against the uh, the Dolphins, obviously the turnovers this past uh, this past game against the Vikings. I mean, they they're winning with the turnover battle, absolutely. I think they actually have more turnovers than they. I think they have more turnovers than they do touchdowns. If I was if I was looking at statistic correctly, I think they got like twelve turnovers in this run of five games. I think they do. Anyway, long story short, I, I one, you, you, this is what we were talking about at the beginning of the season because one of the concentrations coming into the year was to Joe Barry, how are you going to get more turnovers? And not just getting picks, but getting strips and getting sacks, creating fumbles and things. How were you going to win the turnover battle in that sense? And they've been doing it. Now, they're not necessarily ripping the ball out of you know running backs' hands on a consistent basis, but they have been right place, right time when quarterbacks have gotten off their mark and thrown it up. You know, and then yesterday they had the strip sack. Kenny Clark does the swat and swim on the inside move. He ends up bringing, uh, uh, bringing the ball carrier, or not the ball carrier, but bringing down Kirk Cousins and on the way down swats the ball out of his hands and then falls on it. So he got credit for a sack, a strip sack, and a fumble and a fumble recovery, all in all in one you know movement. So they've been doing that, and you know, yeah, you can do it consistently because you you work hard, you get in the right place at the right time, and things good things happen. That's what they've always said. But if they don't get the, a team like Detroit who doesn't turn the ball over a lot, can they win? Sure, they can. Sure, they can. Um, Obviously, the offense is going to have you, uh, you're going to have another week for Christian Watson to feel healthier, which is good. You're going to have hopefully another week for Aaron Jones, holding Aaron Jones back a little bit in that minute and that Miami game seemed to bode well for him yesterday. You're going to get another week of Aaron Jones feeling better. So that's another and hopefully you use him actually. And when it comes to down to crunch time. Uh, but you're going to have another week of Aaron Jones feeling better. And, you are you know, David Bakhtiari is now back. Another week of David Bakhtiari practicing. So, you know, and Josh Nyman should have another week of him practicing under his belt. So everything offensively, for the most part, should be clicking. You should be feeling good and looking good coming into this game against Detroit. Uh, the comfort level and the protection up front, uh, obviously anchored with Bakhtiari and, and moving guys back into the regular positions. Zach Thomas played extremely well when they've asked him to. So all of that seems to be solidified. I think it's just a matter of quarterbacks got to be on mark, you know? Uh, I think the play calling, you got to go back to more play action, more movement, more motion, but play action. It's it, He's so good at it, and they don't use it nearly enough. And I don't know why, but they don't. So I think, uh, you know, if I'm Matt LaFleur, maybe I do a little self-scouting and say, hey, get out of the shotgun so damn much. The one thing that does concern me 
was if you noticed it late in the second quarter of that game, Rodgers heaved that deep pass down to Watson, and it fell a little bit short. On his follow-through, after the release of the ball, Rodgers hit his hand on one of the Vikings' helmets. I don't know if they showed it on TV or not, but I noted it, and I tweeted it out. Rodgers was standing on in the middle of the field, and it was a timeout. Rodgers standing in the middle of the field. They come out, and they put a jacket around him right away, and the Packers ended up punting the ball away. But he's standing there, and he's wincing. He's holding his hand. It's not like he had his hands because he was cold, like, in the sleeve, in that warming sleeve that he has, you know, on the front of him. He was holding his hand like, ah, oh, you could see. And so I put the binoculars on him, and you could see him wincing a little bit. So I don't know if he hurt the thumb or if it was just his hand or the side of his hand. I don't know. But that was one of those things where I thought, let's keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on that a little bit. And he played pretty well the rest of the game, but there were some misses. But that's going to be one of those things that this week, is there a revelation all of a sudden that, yeah, he banged his hand on a helmet or re-injured that thumb or what have you and kind of go from there. But uh, that was the only thing that I noticed about Aaron Rodgers physically because the thumb should be another normally another week away from the injury, which should bode well and feel really good. But I I think he might have banged his hand on a helmet yesterday. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. 877-867-1670. Our friends at Pella Windows and Doors want to tell you Happy New Year. And I want to tell you it is a Happy New Year. You know why? Because in 2022, I had the uh, great big patio door replaced and all winter long, didn't matter how cold it was, 20-something, 30-something, 40-something below, or all the way up to 70, 75, 80 degrees, whatever it is, doesn't matter because this door remains the same. That room downstairs is right at 70. It stays at 70. It's constantly at 70. The old door, it would fluctuate. It would be hot in the winter or hot in the summertime, cold in the wintertime. And you could always see a fluctuation of 3 to 5 degrees from what it was actually set at. Uh, but not this one. This one's fantastic. I uh, love this door. And if you want your house more economical, more beautiful, more valuable, it's Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get a hold of them. P-E-L-L-A. PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. Or call them 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI. Stay tuned. Bottom of the hour, we got uh, stock up and stock down. Your phone calls coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. When I think of Lorelei, my head turns out around. As gentle as a butterfly, she moves without a sound. I call her on the telephone. She sends me hell by head. The night's the night she's moving in. And I can't hardly wait. The way she moves. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Well, I gotta say. Happy New Year from our friends at Cutis RV, Wisconsin's fastest growing RV dealer all throughout the great state of Wisconsin and well beyond the borders. Go to Cunis, K U N E S, CunisRV.com. That is CunisRV.com, and it doesn't matter what you're into, what you're looking for. They've got something for everybody. They're growing inventory. They're growing dealerships and such, as I had mentioned, all over the state and well beyond the borders now. And uh, they are, well, they're the best-selling RV and camper brands. They've got them all right there on the line. Jayco, Alliance, Forest River, Gulfstream, Dutchman, whatever it happens to be. they got something for everybody, and now's the time to start thinking about it because we're all sitting in 2023 now. And before you know it, it's going to start getting warmer out, and your adventure is going to start to itch, and you're going to go, you know what? I need to get out. So whether it's a fifth wheel, a motorhome, camper van, travel trailer, Cunis has got you covered. Go to Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. That is CunisRV.com. 
Com. Let's get back to the phone calls. Talk to our buddy Derek listening to us in Albany, New York. Derek, how you doing, man? What's going on? Hey, Bill, enjoying the show today. And uh, I was in a good mood uh, while I was on hold until I just found out that uh, more complications with my car, and now it's going to cost me a lot more. <laughs> oh, you know, geez. I've learned. Sorry about that. Bill, and you talk, you talk about a lot of things on the air, all kinds of esoteric things, you know. But mm-hmm. you'd agree with me. You know, when I, my next car, my girlfriend can afford to buy a new car like every three years. We all know those people that just trade them in. Right. And, um, you know, I have car payments, and I'm like, okay, finally I'm not going to have any car payments. Yeah, and then I don't have any car payments, and I got these huge bills. It's like, what the hell? You know, I, I, mm-hmm. I don't think I'm, I think people in your audience would say, well, once your car gets to 90000 even if it's running well, trade it in and go elsewhere. Because I just got the news while I was on hold. I'm like, oh, my God. Now, now, <laughs> now how much are we talking? Here's the thing. How much are we talking? Are we talking a couple thousand? Or are we talking like 10 uh, I hope grand? Not. It went from It went from a belt breaking inside the engine that had something to do with the alternator and the battery. And then yeah. I really don't care. I know. <laughs> I, I wish I could. I wish I cared. I wish I couldn't care. And then uh, another thing happened and complications, and now they have to do, like, seven hours of labor. And I'm like, you know, I don't want it to be $80 an, an hour for labor. I've, right. I've been a good customer. It's just a nightmare. My girlfriend's like, get another car. Well, yeah, I'm not yeah. in the financial situation you're in. She doesn't have kids. I do. I raise kids. You know how it can Well, be. here's the thing, though. Would you rather pay, because cars aren't cheap today. Car, you, would you rather pay, you know, 25 35 50 or up? Or would you rather pay three grand now and get it paid off, and then you still got another three, four, five years left of no payments? I don't know if I can go that long, Bill. I got 123,000 miles on it. It's a Mazda. I- I got 120,000 miles on my car. I absolutely love it, and it's running great. I don't want to jinx it, but I take care of it. I get the oil changed, the whole thing, and I love it. I don't have any plans on trading it in, and I haven't had a car payment probably in three years, and I love it. All right. You've made me feel 40% better. Thank you for the therapy. Okay. Now, That's what we're here for. Now, in terms of therapy and catharsis, Bill, I think, and first of all, and also I want to say uh, Happy New Year to you guys and also the listeners at WDUZ. Uh, they know me as Derek in the one, two, three, four, five, but I enjoy your show right afterward, and, and it's just terrific what you do. But three things happened yesterday for the Packers that were good karma. Uh, Mason Crosby kicks the field goal, doink, over the, over the crossbar. Yes. That was great. And then the interception by Savage runs it all the way back. It shows his speed, shows his athleticism finally. And then, of course, the kickoff return. You know, it's just, man, oh, man. I didn't even expect him to play, you know? So – the karma is there for the Packers. It really is. And, and you detractors out there, how does it feel now? And the Packer fans that we've been hoping, hey, I'm just happy we got this hope. I mean, would I be crushed if Detroit wins? I'm going to be hurt by it. But the fact that we're still in it when a month ago it didn't look too good. Right. No, I, I, that I would agree with. When, uh, and appreciate the, car, appreciate the call and hope the car is not too damaged and you, you get back to you know, paying one bill rather than numerous bills. Um, let me go by three things that you stated. One is, uh, I had tweeted it out. Uh, Mason Crosby was 0 for 2 from 50 and beyond this season. Um, when I watched him kick in the pre-game warm-up, in the north end zone, he was kicking at about 52. And one went through the uprights. The other one uh, was off a little bit. Uh, but he hit one from 52, and I thought, okay, that's probably about it. So when they lined up and they said, well, this is going to be a 56-yarder, I thought, oh, boy, this this is not good. Uh, he is 0 for 2. He hasn't, you know. So, and, and the only other one that he had that he missed this season 
was um, it was a 42 or 44 yarder, but that was a bad snap. Remember, and it ended up getting blocked. So I'm like, ah, oh, this is not this is not good. And you know how I've always said four things you need to be successful, right? You need to be good. Number one. Number two, you got to get hot, you got to be healthy, and you got to be lucky. And the ball is shaped funny. So when he kicked that and hit the crossbar, one of two things are going to happen. It's either going to hit funny, bounce up and back, no good. Or it's going to hit funny, bounce up and over, and it's good. Packers got a little bit of luck. The ball that Kenny Clark, Kenny Clark swatted out of the hands of Kirk Cousins hits the ground, boom. Instead of bounding away and having another Minnesota Viking fall on it, right there, Kenny, bam, big body, down on it, down he went, picks it up. There you have it. Savage, though, uh, welcome back, Darnell Savage, because remember, now this is not a, a fact, okay, but when we had Mike on, Mike Clemens on last week, and Mike was talking about some guys saying, you know, hey, you never know what somebody's going through. You know, you can look at things on a field and just say, this is the way you're supposed to be. This is the way you're supposed to play. This is where your mind is supposed to be at. Sometimes it doesn't happen because you got to – sometimes we forget these guys are actually people. I don't know if there was something going on uh, off the field and or personally for Darnell Savage, but Savage basically got told, go sit. Go sit down. Go sit down. And was a little bit nicked up and then came back and talked to the coaches and said, hey, give me an opportunity. Um, I'm in. Give me an opportunity. And no, 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 you go away, go away, go away. And then last week, uh, he had a chance to come at Rudy Ford, uh, had a mistake. They bring Savage in, and he played pretty well. So you look at Darnell Savage, and he's, he's like, no, I'm, I'm good. Let me, let me go. So he got the start. And <laughs> damned if he didn't make the most of it. You know, a pick six. So, you know, maybe just everything that's gone on, things are starting to happen. And maybe it just took this team a lot longer to have them happen. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not going to sit here and say this team is the team to beat in the postseason. That's not true. First of all, they're not in the postseason yet. So uh, that's why I'm not going to sit here and really pontificate a whole lot about the next matchup because you, this is a pretty tough Detroit team. you got to get past Detroit first. If you start looking down the road, then you've already defeated yourself because you're not putting your max effort into just this game. So I'll, I'll wait until after. We can kind of speculate a little bit and talk a little bit about it, but this is going to be a tough game with Detroit. This, Detroit's coming in here with something to play for, and they know. They know. I mean, you got, this, <laughs> Detroit hasn't sniffed the postseason in a while, and they haven't sniffed it consistently since Moses was a baby coming down off of the mountain with a couple of tablets, so. They, they, this is, this is a lot to them. And like I said, Jared Goff playing extremely well. They've had a really good season there. Their offense is playing well. Their defense has gotten better. Their secondary is still not very good. You can get off on their secondary. Now that's where the Packers, offensively speaking with Aaron Rodgers, they're going to have to be good. Rodgers is going to have to be the man. Going to have to be really good. If Rodgers goes back to being Rodgers and things begin to really kind of, kind of, kind of happen for this team, then yeah, yeah, boy. All of a sudden, you're thinking to yourself, now this is now that they start to put that gas down to the floor, now this is going to be one of those teams to beat. But we've got to wait till it actually happens. This team still has flaws. We all know that. Got to be better in the red zone. That's for damn sure.
Yeah. So they bring back, by the way, uh, for those that didn't know, the uh, the Packers yesterday, uh, prior to the game, and which was a little weird, but you you kind of get it. So they make the announcement that they bring back uh, Ahmed uh, Ramiz Ahmed. Okay, so Ahmed's coming back, and why? Because he's going to be the guy for kickoffs. He's going to put in in colder weather. He's got a little bit stronger leg than Mason Crosby, and they had the roster space open, so they activate him to the roster, and Ramiz Ahmed comes out, and he's doing going through the motions for kickoff, right? And he's booting him into the end zone pretty consistently. All of a sudden, he just swings a leg. He's like, whoa, wait a minute. Next thing you know, he's hurt, and it's Mason Crosby all the time. And Mason Crosby, it panned out. It panned out. It was awesome. Mason Crosby hits the long field goal, good to go. So, um, you know, kudos to Mason Crosby for sticking it through the uprights and getting the getting the – the lucky doink and through it goes, and it's, it's just a kind of a redemption year for him. And I, I absolutely love all of that happening for him. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. This portion of the Bill Michael Show brought to you by Lisa Lee Ortel Real Estate. Welcome to 2023. And if you're looking to uh, buy or sell, maybe refinance, uh, maybe you're looking for a condo. She's a certified condo specialist. I just saw on her Facebook page that uh, she helps some people get into a new condo. Uh, whatever it is, Lisa's got you covered. Call her 414-617-6798, 414-617-6798. Lisa's got a team of experts that she works with. They can help you get uh, a great closing cost and credit and such, but uh, you can't do anything if you don't call. Lisa, Lisa Moves WI at gmail.com. That's Lisa Moves WI at gmail.com. Call Lisa, 414-617-6798. If you're in Milwaukee, 414-617-6798, 414-617-6798. And uh, that's Lisa Lee Ortel Real Estate. All you got to do is give her a shout. Good people. Good. And her husband's a veteran, too. Really good, really good guy. Uh, 877-867-1670. Time now, Ben Kenny, for some stock up and stock down. It's time for Stock Up, Stock Down. The key feature here is speed, trying to follow what's going on in the market so that uh, we can anticipate and catch trends as they occur. From this week of football. All right, Ben Kenny, I am going to give you the honors to go first. Well, um, hasn't I haven't rang my own bell much today. Uh, okay. The Packers deserve all the shine in the world. But all-time weekend from my perspective, frankly. Number one, I swept the board again with my picks. I've now hit really? like seven in a row. Well, I, I took the Browns. They were easy. They were going to crush yeah. the commies. Uh, and the Jags and Seahawks uh, also both won and covered. But more importantly, go ahead. What did I end up, by the way? Uh, you're one and one with the Bengals plus one tonight. Okay. Uh, that's pending. Great. But Saturday, I didn't do much on New Year's Eve because I wanted to give all of my attention to the college football playoff. And those two games were two of the most entertaining, remarkable football games I've ever watched in my life. So take away any takeaways or thoughts from the games for those out there that watched it. I, an all-time weekend. That It was an all-time day in the sport. I just, I, I'm still buzzing. I could barely go to sleep yeah. Saturday night. It was awesome. 
Uh, I will admit, uh, Saturday night, New Year's Eve, uh, Kristen had the kids, so we have uh, gotten to the tradition of Chinese. So we went to uh, a restaurant nearby, did some hibachi. I must admit that I did the rather long, numerous times over squirt of sake. Uh, I had a couple of larger beverages, and then we said, okay, we're not going to drink anymore. We're going to come home, which uh, the, the place is maybe a mile and a half from my house. Uh, going to come home, and we sat at the bar downstairs and watched those games. We watched uh, the Michigan game earlier in the day, and then I watched the Ohio State game that night. Sorry and, about that, by the way. You're Buckeyes. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, again, Ryan Day chokes and play, bad play calling in the biggest moments. That Ohio State played about a perfect game until they put it in the hands of the play caller, and Ryan Day is—he's not a big game coach, and again he falls in a big game. So that's a whole other story for another day. But you're right. What a couple of entertaining games. TCU just what a game. Just watching TCU, the speed of TCU, and I love the the matchup early where you know the analysts were saying, well, the power of Michigan. And TCU's an undersized team, and I don't know how they're going to be able to overcome the power of Michigan. And TCU basically said, catch us if you can. <laughs> and that's what they did. And uh, it was a great game. And then, obviously, Georgia now with a shot to become back-to-back national champion since Alabama did it uh, early 2000s, or, I think, uh, or mid-2000s so far. But uh, Georgia and uh, TCU coming up January 9th, 6.30 Central Time. And I'm looking forward to that game. But you're right, college football had a terrific weekend. So, uh, But uh, I'm glad that uh, you are 3-0 and right now in your picks. I'm looking for Cincinnati to win tonight. So we'll get into that later. That being said, continue on. Oh, you're up. Well, I mean, I, another general thought, and I'll stick with the positives here. TCU plays a 3-3-5 defense. And if I had to have one Wisconsin-related takeaway from what we saw this weekend, that's what Luke Fickle plays. And that's what he's bringing I think there's something to be said about Michigan not being well prepared for it because it's new and their Mm -hmm. speed, as you mentioned, really good players, obviously, but they were able to disrupt a lot of what Michigan did and have a lot of success, create a lot of havoc. So I think that could mean good things for fickle if he can get really good guys in that system. Yep. And speed. (laughs) You want big players to play in Wisconsin, but the speed of TCU was remarkable. All right. Stock down. Let's go no further south than Chicago. The Bears quit yesterday. Did you watch the end of that game? I did the not. Bear, now, now Eberflus is calling timeouts and stuff, and you know, but, but it didn't matter. That was that team quit yesterday, and they have now a real quandary down in Chicago as they are sitting at three and thirteen. That defense quit, and the Lions just whooped their ass. In Detroit, but that defense quit. That was an embarrassing performance for the Chicago Bears. And now you got to ask yourself you've had a team now quit on its coach, quit on their defensive coordinator. Now what? Can you come back with that? Can you run it back again next year? You know, and they're still calling running plays for their quarterback. And it's if that's all you got, you're in trouble. And the Chicago Bears, if you can say it with me, S-U-C-K, suck, suck, suck. That's they just do. And uh, stock down for the Bears. Me personally, I'm giggling, so I'm loving it. But uh, the Bears absolutely suck. Stock down. So I'll go to my own backyard. I mean, the Eagles, <laughs> the Eagles needed, they need to win one game. 
They could have. They had the Saints at home. And they also have the Saints' first-round draft pick. Uh, the defense played a remarkable football game. The Saints did some things well. But Garner Minshew, I, I mean, everybody has been fawning, including myself, over him as, you know, maybe a starter next year, and he's not that bad of a backup. He had one of the worst football games I've ever watched. Uh, and, and the offense as a whole, without Lane Johnson, the right tackle, they, they're just not good. It, it's that simple. So the hope there is that Hurts comes back and they beat the Giants, who have already locked it up this weekend. They get a one seed and it's all okay. But there's some there's some panicking going on, if I'm being, if I'm being honest. Uh, I'm going to go with stock up. How about those Patriots at home facing against the, uh, the, uh, the Miami Dolphins? You got to win. I mean, there is no tomorrow for the Patriots. And once again, Bill Belichick does what he does all the time. He figures it out. They got quarterback issues again in uh, Dolphin territory. But the Patriots walk away with a 23-21 win in Foxborough yesterday. And I didn't think the Patriots had it in them. But damned if they didn't. And uh, coming back with that touchdown late in the fourth quarter to put it over the top, huge. Also, shout out yesterday as well. When this, I had mentioned this earlier in the program, but uh, another stock up. Damn, go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pick it yesterday, 15-27, but right at the end of that ball game, he ends up throwing a touchdown pass, and they knock off the uh, the, the Baltimore Ravens. Mike and I were listening to it on the way back home last night, and uh, what a what a you know, pick it. Oh, the short left to Najee Harris, 10 yards, round the end, touchdown, and man, oh, man, oh, man, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers walked away with a win over the Baltimore Ravens, and they're still eligible for the postseason. So kudos to them and stock up for them as well. You can go one more. I'm trying to find a tweet uh, to perfectly tell the story of what <laughs> okay. happened in Columbus, Ohio. Then as let me the let me do another, New Year's. Then, as we played this earlier, let me go the, go stock down. I I think Ron Rivera has done an amazing job with the Commanders to be seven eight and one with the tumultuous season, both on the field and more so off the field that they've had with all the distractions. Okay. So I'm not taking anything away from Riverboat Ron here. Other than to say, how in the F do you not know if you lose and the Packers win, you're eliminated from the postseason? There's no way in hell, no way in hell, that you are sitting there starting Carson Wentz as ba- with three, three turnovers that you leave him in if you think to yourself, boy, if we lose this game and the Packers win, we're out of the postseason. We're not in the hunt. And instead, you get beat by the Browns at home. Not that FedEx Field's any kind of a massive, uh, you know, home field advantage. But 24 to 10, you get beat by the Browns. Come on, man. That was Riverboat Ron not knowing that his team could be eliminated in the postseason. Yeah, oof, not good. Uh, Real quick, Bill, before we step away from Bill DiFilippo, Columbus, Ohio native, uh, from 1101 or, or 1201 on uh, January 1st, 2023, watching this at a bar that dropped balloons right at midnight as Ruggles missed the kick in the worst read of the room in human history. Quote, people are mad. They are stomping the balloons. Everybody Mm -hmm. is going home. It was the end of that game was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Ryan Day is an absolute dumbass. You know why? Did you see Riggle's kick earlier? The one that he put through the upright? I the did. The kick that he made prior. That did not look good. It was an ugly kick. It was a hooking kick. It was ugly. 
And I had said, Chris and I are sitting here. She goes, well, that's okay. Because as he, you know, they kept saying, he's living his story. He came back to kick for the Buckeyes. And I know we're late. Give me one second. But, and I said, you can't just try to get the ball placement. Once Stroud ran for the first down and picked it up, and he was four and five yards beyond what they thought was his, you know, Ruggles' make, makeable range. I said, you got to continue to get yardage. Don't, don't sit on this. Don't give him a 50-yarder. Give him a 40-yarder. Pick up another first down. What are you doing? And they took their time like he's got it. Nope. I said, this guy was nervous on the last kick. He's not going to make it. I called it. If I got to call Kristen and put her on the show, I'll do that. I, I said, he's not going to make this kick. It's not going to happen. I was texting with my cousin. He's a Buckeye fan like, like nobody's business. I said, he's not going to make it. He said, oh, it's a no-brainer. He puts it through the upright. I said, he's going to overkick it. No, he's not. It's his biggest moment in his life. He's not going to make this kick because he didn't look good on the last one. He's not going to make it. And sure enough, it looked like he didn't even have a foot. Like he hit it with a bad nine iron, and he scalded the thing, and it just it was terrible. It was a terrible kick. And Ryan Day's a moron for not trying to put more yardage on the, on the, on the field for him to be able to get me more of a chip shot and Ryan Day again going into the run not picking up the extra yardage play calling getting conservative he's a horse's ass he can't win the big one there you have it all right more of the Bill Michael show next covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket this is the Bill Michael show on the Wisconsin sports zone radio network now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers beat the Vikings 41-17 to here at Lambeau Field. The game began with Minnesota blocking the Packers' Pat O'Donnell's punt and recovering first and goal at the Green Bay 1. The Vikings had to settle for a field goal. The Packers turned disaster into domination when Keyshawn Nixon went 105 yards on a kickoff return to lead 7-3. Uh, them guys had great blocks for me. They opened it up. I felt like... The open sea, I just ran through it. And I knew I just had one person to beat. And then once I passed the kicker, it's party time. Next came safety Darnell Savage with a 75-yard pick six off of Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins. Savage says he got help from Rasul Douglas. Rasul had great coverage, and I was just, just trying to get to the ball. I see the ball go up, grabbed it. And from there, I had a great convoy of blockers in front of me. <laughs> And uh, I was able to get to the house. With the loss, Minnesota falls to 12-4, and four, and they drop to the number three seed in the NFC. Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins. You know, whether you win or lose, you want to play at a high level. And you want to be process-focused and have your process be really strong. And I think three of our four losses, you know, the, 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 the performance was not strong enough. With the win, if the Packers can beat the Lions at Lambeau Field on Sunday, they'll be guaranteed a spot in the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers. It gives us a lot of confidence. This is probably the first game all season we played complimentary football in all three phases. Or the way our defense played, forcing turnovers. Offensively, you know, not a huge game stat-wise, but uh, we did a good job of holding on to the football and ran the ball pretty effectively. And then you know, Keyshawn, what can you say? That's Aaron Rodgers. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Oh, boy. Ah, I love it. I love it. Got an email here. Uh, after the top of the hour, you're going to want to hear this. We're coming up right after the top of the hour, you're going to want to hear this. Skull Adam. Skull Adam just sent me an email listening to us over in Minneapolis. Ah. Uh, 
That is Skull Adam right now, and we're going to read this when we come back. Stay tuned. I got more of the Bill Michael Show next. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe. 